Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. friend how you been doing it's uh, been doing good it's great to be back in the show i think it was last uh, march late march or early april it's been we a few together. months and uh, yes been i know a lot has been going on with your life and um we're excited to hear all about it the mic is yours yeah it's it's awesome to to share with you again um i'm i'm trying out a new way to to do this skype because I feel we'll be on the road quite a bit more. So I'm on my cell phone with some um, headphones. And oh, okay. That's why. Okay. Trying, I, uh, trying this out. That'll be fine. <laughs> you you, you inspired me when um, you did the interview with my dad when he was in Japan a number of years ago. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, you know, um, uh, tracking him down was not easy because uh, he was always on the move. No. And um, a lot of times he, he didn't have a, a place that we could do a program, you know, with a laptop or headset. So we'd get him on a cell phone on the fly. And yes. um, it was like a Christmas present. And if you could get him on twice, I mean, man, I was blessed. Twice in a year, that is. Uh, but um, yes. I was persistent. And we got him on, I think, did 11 total broadcast. And by the way, I owe you those. Uh, and I will send them to you. Yeah, that'd be, because, um, yeah, that'd be wonderful. I had an opportunity. Um, not being constrained, let's say, to a 30-minute program just to pick his brain. And uh, he would mm-hmm. launch off into uh, amazing stories on the road. And then um, I have to say that if there was ever an Indiana Jones in the body of Christ, that's your dad. And uh, <laughs> you're clearly falling in his footsteps. You're on some amazing adventures. Back to you. Yes, uh, it, it has been nothing short of an amazing adventure. Um God is—he's faithful. He's—he's he's good through it all, and it just every 
every week, every month, he's, he's just changing our lives for the better, but it's just, yeah, he's rocking our world right now. My wife and I, and, um, we're, we're just happy to be along and, and follow him where, where he's leading us. Um, before this phone call, I was on the phone with a brother from Ghana, Africa, and um, spoke with him for 40-some minutes, and he had reached out to me. I get a lot of messages from people saying, you know, I knew your dad, or, um, you know, will you partner with us, your ministry, this and that, and um, so you get a lot of those messages, and you really got to vet them, because this brother was saying, you know, um, I, I really miss Papa Henry. Um, you know, I'm sorry for your loss, but, you know, he was my, my, my dad also. And I'm like, okay, brother, you're in Africa. Um, my dad didn't talk to too many people in Africa. I remember he was talking with one person towards the end of his life. Um, so if that's you, praise God. But if it's not, <laughs> Lord, help me discern this. So before I could send him a series of questions um, to vet him, he calls me, and it was just tonight, like an hour ago, and I didn't realize it was him because I'm talking with a another brother in Pakistan, and then another brother in Bangladesh, and um, so I thought it was the Pakistani brother, so I answered it without thinking, and it, it was the Ghana brother. <laughs> So I, I didn't get a chance to vet him before talking to him on the phone. But, um, yeah, he had, he had been having quite a few conversations with my dad before he passed away. And um, he was trying to get my dad to go over there and, and have a conference and, and do a, a, you know, work for the Lord in, in Ghana. And um, he made the comment that, yeah, I talked to your, you know, I talked to Papa Henry every week. And I was thinking to myself, brother, I didn't even get to talk to my dad every week. What are you talking about? <laughs> and um, it just brought back to my memory that there was a man from Africa that was calling my dad. And um, yeah, he, he would talk with him almost once a week. And this is the same guy. And he didn't know what was happening with the ministry after um, my dad passed away. And then he saw something on Facebook, how we were carrying it on. And he got really excited and and reached out to me. So, um, God's just, just really putting on my heart to, to go, you know, he spoke those words to me back in January of 2021. If you don't go, you won't grow. And it just, it's been the base, the foundation of this ministry carrying it on. And, um, like I shared before, I'm not worthy, but I am willing, Lord. I am definitely willing to go. You just, you lead the way. And so now I'm having to discern where to go and where the Lord is leading. And that, that's not an easy task. Uh, I definitely am starting to understand a little bit more what my dad went through because, you know, he's pulled at all from all four corners of the world. You know, he, he was pulled from all four corners of the world. And you only have so much time to travel. And like you said, brother, it was awesome to, to catch him twice a year. And um, I, I, I'm starting to understand it. And I've got to just 
be on the guard and, and know that it's, it's God's leading, not, you know, the flesh or the enemy. And so that's something that we're, we're trying to, to learn and discern and just follow the Lord's leading. So, yeah, it's, it's been amazing. Like I said earlier, uh, talking with a brother from Pakistan and then I've been, um, talking with and supporting a, a pastor in Bangladesh for close to a year now. And, um, he had talked about coming over there, of course, and, and been thinking about it, praying about it. And then the Pakistani brother comes into the picture and, and then I start looking on the map where Pakistan is and where Bangladesh are and, and they border India. So one is to the east, which is Bangladesh, and then Pakistan's to the, to the west of India. So I'm like, okay, Lord, that, that would be a fairly easy trip to, to visit both if, if that's a, a possibility. And then, brother, you'll get you like this. Um, I was thinking, okay, so why not visit Brother um, Shannon? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we're going that far, why Come on. not stop and, and visit Shannon? <laughs> Especially with going into these Muslim countries. Um, and you're in Malaysia, is that correct? Or No, I'm in, um, I'm in Bali, Indonesia. Bali, but, uh, Indonesia. I'm it up. Malaysia is right next door as well as Singapore okay. and India is only six Singapore. hours by plane once you get over here uh, if the airlines go back to normal there's a thing called Air Asia and you can fly mm-hmm. between all these uh, countries on this side of the world and do it super cheap um, nice which is the way I, I traveled uh, back and forth and went to Malaysia 15 times but uh, we're on the island of Bali uh, known as the island of the gods it's like a little mm. India. It's got 35,000 temples, altars, and shrines. Mm. In fact, I had mentioned to your dad, I said, uh, Brother Groover, you got to come to Bali and walk this place. I don't wow. know that anybody has. And uh, mm-hmm. given enough time, you probably would have made it over to this, uh, this area. Now, do you also have family, like a sister or something, in Australia? Yes, correct. My sister so, Abby's in Australia. That's only four and a half hours away from here, too. So Wow. <laughs> Once you get over here, man, you might as well go on a junket, hit all these countries. I know that's that's the the desire is to do that, um, but the timing and with such a young family, um, I, I I can't be away for you know months at a time, and even a month is is too oh, much yeah. right now. But it, it's still you know I felt the Holy Spirit just you know saying, yeah, go, go visit Shannon. Wow. Be amongst the people. Walk and pray um, because, I mean, it's majority of Muslim there, right? Um, Indonesia is the largest Muslim uh, nation by population in the world. And um, <laughs> Bali is uh, wow. one of 17,000 islands that make up Indonesia. Of course, okay. uh, the, you know, their biggest area is Jakarta. That's all primarily Muslim yep. and all the other states here. Bali, though, is... Uh, is a mixture and it's uh, primarily Hindu and that's why you have mm. all the altars every Hindu house has yeah. two thrones to demons mm. and um, literal thrones sitting in your yard where the demon sits up on the throne and then has an umbrella over its head to keep it protected from the shade and then uh, <laughs> 
The second population is, is Muslim. Now, the Muslims have no idols, and also they don't have dogs. They believe dogs are unclean. So that's the way you can tell mm. a Hindu from a Muslim house. Look for the altars and look to see if they have dogs. And oh. <laughs> um, I live on a street, last comment. Uh, most of my neighbors are Hindu. We did have a Muslim on the corner. Uh, there's Buddhists here also. There's Catholics. They call you, if you're not a Catholic, a Protestant here. And uh, mm. then they have even Seventh-day Adventists. Uh, and then there's people who worship the trees. They're called animists. Um, <laughs> I've got about five of those or six right here in my block, which is strange because I've never lived in that type of, uh, you know, amalgamation of religions. But uh, yes, the people hodgepodge. are super nice. But every block has uh, altars. You can't go anywhere without seeing mm. altars. So somebody needs to walk this place for sure. Man, we love to see you. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of just an impression on my heart. And um, yeah, so so we're we're praying about that. I'm praying about that, and just desiring the Lord's leading and and where where we're supposed to go. Um, a little update with the construction business: we're we're still closing it down. Um, last November, you know, I felt the Lord saying stop selling jobs, and so we stopped selling jobs and. I thought we had about six months of work to finish up, but it's turned into almost a year now. But we're getting closer to being done with the jobs that we have sold, and um, the we had a, a hailstorm hit our our town of Woodbine back in late May of this year, and any other years a hailstorm is like a gift from God for a construction company. It's insurance money. It's super easy to to sell jobs and just stack up the jobs. <laughs> and um, it hit our town and and you know destroyed the roof, our roof on our house and a couple other properties around us. And and virtually everybody in town is getting new roofs. And um, I, I remember just kind of talking with God. I'm like, man, why didn't this happen in our backyard? You know, a couple years ago when we're right in the middle of the business and we're, it's growing and, you know, that's an amazing blessing. We could have had, you know, $2 million in sales in like just a couple of weeks. There was so much work and it's our, it's right in our backyard. We know everybody and trust, they trust us. And so I'm just kind of talking with God about that. And I felt the Holy Spirit saying, that's fine. If you want to um, pursue that, that's no problem. Just be ready to, or to take up the next two years of your life again. And I'm like, nope, I'm good. I'm good, Lord. <laughs> I'm okay with seeing the competitor signs in every single yard. I'm good. Um, we're taking care of our house and a couple friends, and and that's it. <laughs> and so it was it was a, a little test of, of faith to see, you know, are you going to shut this down, or are you going to, you know, keep keep it lingering and just, keep picking up jobs here and there. So um, I feel we, we've, we've passed that test. We, like I said, we picked up a few handful of jobs with our properties and friends and family, but um, we're, we're on the edge of having it done. And once it's done, it, it just feel like I'm 
I'm ready to be thrust out and to, to go wherever God is calling me to go. Um, I, I need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I don't desire to um, be gone like my dad was. My kids are too young, and it's just not, not what I want for them. So um, that's why I was saying earlier, we really need to be led by the Spirit and, and know where He's leading us and not um, our flesh or even the enemy which will cause just damage. So that that's kind of a little update of what's been happening. But um, the the main update I'll, I'll go into here now is the the trip to Guatemala. So we, we completed our, our first team trip, and we were in Guatemala with nine people from the United States, five of us from the church we attend, Myself, my wife, Heather, was able to go for the first time, and then um, our pastor and then two other members of the church. So five from our church here in, in Missouri Valley, Iowa, and then two brothers from Indiana, um, Doug Suter and Dan Lowry. And Doug has traveled with my dad to uh, Japan quite a few trips and been a good friend of the family for a few decades now. So... Those two, and then Hector and his wife, Minga, they live in Omaha, just an hour from us. Um, they went also. So nine of us went to Guatemala. We were there the August 11th and returned on the 20th. And, wow, God just did some awesome things, just awesome things. Um, the previous three trips that I took, we, I was, you know, seeing like one one or two salvations a trip, if that. I mean, I, I don't even know. It was. I know there was one salvation per trip, but um, it was very little salvation. But there was a lot of spiritual warfare and, and just God moving a lot of different areas and, and preparing the way. And this trip, um, we witnessed over 20 souls come into the kingdom of God. So it, it just was multiplied by, you know, 10 and 20, just glorifying God. It was so beautiful. One of the brothers that came from the church, uh, Marlon, he, he's just an evangelist and um, just a, a precious brother. He was, wasn't was sure he, he wanted to go on the trip, and Pastor Brad and I kind of nudged him in the direction, and um, he's in his 60s and just wasn't sure if he could handle the altitude and the heat and um, you know, just the enemy was, was trying to convince him not to go and, and praise God that he, he, he went cause he, he's just a soul winner. I mean, he, he must've led probably 15 people to the Lord. It was just beautiful. He, he's just so precious and he just has the words to say and his spirit is so gentle. So that was just awesome. Um, the I shared last you know last June we the ministry purchased that that bus for the Guatemala church and when we purchased the bus I felt the Holy Spirit saying this is this is the key for bringing teams over this bus is the key and it was all that and so much more I mean it it really 
it was just amazing because without the bus, you can't really hire a bus to pick up, you know, nine, 10 people. It just economically, it wouldn't make sense. And then all the luggage we brought over, um, it was like six or 700 pounds of clothing, Bibles and tools and things like that. So we had a ton of bags and two big, um, toolboxes, and so they all fit in the bus, no problem. And then all of us were comfortable in the bus. And so it was just awesome to, to see that, that come together. Um, as you know, Shannon, my dad, I mean, he, he always traveled alone. At the most, he traveled with one or two other people. And it was never a mission trip. He, he didn't really um, bring teams anywhere with him. It was something God just called him to do alone most of the time and to go in incognito like Indiana Jones, you know, <laughs> um, just to, to slip past the, the enemy's lines, the, the enemy's watchers and, and go in and do what God called him to do. And so bringing a team over, that was definitely stressful. I didn't, there was so much unforeseen and, um, it would just, Lord, I pray this is you and this isn't my flesh or this isn't the enemy, you know, just trying to distract us. Because a lot of things can happen when you bring a team over on the mission field, especially somewhere in Guatemala where there's so much witchcraft and just spiritual warfare. So um, those those thoughts were going through my mind and, you know, the safety of everybody, the 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 bus, you know is it going to break down or, or, you know, are we going to have some issues? Are we going to be sleeping in the bus or, um, so just all those, those questions were, were on the forefront of my mind, but the peace of God was just all over me leading up to the trip. And, um, it, it was just beautiful what, what God was doing. So before, before we went, we, we started planning the trip back in, I want to say like May, might have been even late April. Um, and we started planning on, you know, how many people could go and and just what we were going to do and, and the different things. So the main focus was um, two teams. And I felt the Holy Spirit telling me, okay, you have two teams there. One can be kind of a, a service team. They're doing acts of service. Um, children's church, they're helping to build the house, they're um, doing whatever with the church in the, the local village area. And the other team would be the spiritual warfare team. So they'd be out walking and praying and, and going to the high places. To be a part of the spiritual warfare team, you need to have fasted and prayed at least five, five days. Um, I felt consecutive days, but Towards the end, it was, it's okay if you can do a couple days, you know, and at least accumulate six to seven days of fasting if you're not going to do consecutive days. And so just sharing that with the, the team members and, and Marlon, um, he, early on, he's like, brother, I have diabetes and I, I, I can't really fast. And I'm like, that's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, just know that, you know, there might be times when we, we don't take you into the, the battle, per se. 
onto the battleground. And he's like, yep, no problem. And God just used him mightily, like I was saying earlier. You know, he just led people to the Lord. It was just beautiful. Um, the others were able to fast and pray. And, and Doug and Dan um, from Indiana, they're, they're just precious brothers that have been doing marketplace ministry for um, the last few years now. They'll, they'll go to the courthouse um, once a week and, and just pray for anybody that's coming out that, you know, needs prayer. And Dan has a, a, a really gift of healing. And you'll hear a lot of testimonies about the trip there. Um, he's praying for the sick and they're recovering. It was just beautiful to be a part of. But um, in America, they'll, they'll just they'll wait on the court steps and just ask people, hey, do you have any aches or pains, anything we can pray for you about? And they've seen a lot of awesome miracles here in the States. So, um, they were <clears throat> awesome part of it. And then, um, my wife being able to go for the first time was just amazing. Um, our niece watched our kids and the two teenage boys, you know, that's not something to be too concerned about being away from them for 10 days. They're, they're teenagers and, you know, you barely see them when you're home together. <laughs> so not seeing them every day, not a big deal, but our four-year-old daughter, that was, you know, the wild card per se. And we, we didn't know how she would respond. She's, she's pretty independent, which is awesome, but we didn't know if, you know, calling her and video chatting would make her, you know, um, miss us or just kind of sad and, and fearful. So that was, and unforeseen, but um, the amount of fasting and praying that went into this trip was just amazing, and and we knew the hand of God was was upon each and every one of us. So um, we we didn't get to talk to our daughter for the first, I think it was almost two days, and we called her up, video call, and got her and our niece on the phone, and and. Our daughter's doing great. She's having a good old time. And all of a sudden she says, okay, bye. And she just walks away from the camera on the phone. And we're like, okay. And we're looking at each other and thinking, oh, she doesn't even really miss us. <laughs> but that was exactly what we needed and what um, our niece needed also. Because it didn't take away from our hearts being in Guatemala. If she would have been very, you know, needy and sad and when are you coming home it would have really affected our ministry there and the whole trip she um if we didn't talk to her one day called her the next it was the same thing she'd just be on the phone for a few minutes and okay bye and she just kind of walk away and it was not until the last day we actually arrived in omaha and we were driving home we were less than an hour from home and we we're talking to our four-year-old on the phone. And then she was like, where are you guys? I miss you. <laughs> and we're able to, you know, tell her, Hey, we are, we will be home and we'll see you here in less than an hour. So that was just an awesome provision from God. Just amazing. That just sealed it in our hearts that we knew we were supposed to go together. And, um, we, we glorify God for that. We thank him for that. So we, had to get up quite early, like three in the morning to 
be at the airport by I think like four thirty or something along those lines to leave to Guatemala. So we made it to the airport as a team and um, made it to Dallas and met up with the other brothers from Indiana. And it was just God was working from you know the time we stepped foot into the airport till the time we stepped foot back home. Um, we're in the Dallas airport and a couple of brothers are Dan and Doug are just talking with people, praying for them. <laughs> Pastor Brad and my wife and the other lady, Christine, were um, ministering to this woman that um, was going to Guatemala to live with her husband and some other things. And um, it was just amazing. So we arrived in Guatemala and the bus was there to pick us up. The hardest part about the trip is the the commute from the from the airport in Guatemala City to the village. And like I shared before, it's less than 300 miles. I think it's even less than 250 miles, but it takes anywhere from like 12 to 15 hours. And the roads are, are horrible. They're just bumpy. They're full of potholes. You're going up and down mountains. Um, it's just a hard trek. And I've never done it in a bus I've always done it in a vehicle and I've gotten motion sickness and um, just attacked. It's just, it's not easy. It's very difficult on your body. And, and yeah, the first two times we drove straight through. So it was like 12 hours in a car that bumpy and you get there at two in the morning, but the bus was, was quite amazing. It really was comfortable driving and, um, nobody got sick, nobody got motion sickness. They're able to move around, stretch their feet. And it was just awesome. So the first day we stayed at a little, um, motel and, uh, it just, these motels are, they're, they're worse than anything in the United States. And it's the, one of the nicer ones, you know, the, there's no hot water heaters. They, they might have this where you're at also, um, they have a shower head that's hooked up to 220. So two wires are coming out of the shower head, going into the wall, into a, a box. <laughs> and it's supposed to be like on-demand heat or oh, water, yeah. hot water. <laughs> have you seen those before? Sure. Um, when Costa Rica, they call them suicide showers. And basically the, <laughs> yes. the heater is right there at the nozzle. Um, and it's got wires. And then I saw another version down here, which is, um, it's a uh, propane-powered box. Oh. And it heats it up. You'll see the flame in the box lighting up. And, uh, man, it makes instant hot water, though. Um, <laughs> in many cases, there is just no hot water. So you come in if you want it, you put in a tank. But um, we got these um, yeah. uh, tanks on top of the house, mm-hmm. which is like a water tank. And then uh, I noticed that it works pretty good because by midday it gets so hot. That thing warms up and you have warm water later in the evening. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, But uh, it's that's usually a like nice solar. cold shower feels good. After a while you get used to it. Just not early in the morning <laughs> as much. Yes. But, uh, so you got this long <laughs> yeah, trek. Suicide. Just to get out there to the to the village. Um, what, can't, what comes next? Tell us more. Yeah, so... Um, we we stopped the, we arrived at like three o'clock in the afternoon 
and we drove um, drove till it was pretty late by the time you get out of the city and everything. So um, got to the, that motel, stayed there, woke up. We had an amazing time of prayer and worship together, and we hit the road again. And and um, we we stopped at a, another church that was you know just an hour off the road. They told us and. It took like an hour and a half, actually two hours to get to that church going through the mountains. It was just crazy. And we were supposed to do that the night before, praise God, we didn't. And that that church said, no, we, we, we you can sleep here. That's no problem. And I'm talking to the translators. I'm like, do they have beds for, because we had like 15 people with us at that point, because so many people came to pick us up. And we're like, do they have beds for all of us or, you know, mattresses or something? He's like, oh, I don't know. They just said we could stay. I'm like, please ask them. I really don't think we need to have a team sleeping on, you know, the concrete, the first full night in Guatemala. And so he calls them up and like, Oh yeah, no, we, we have, we have like 10 pillows, but other than that, um, nothing else. <laughs> so praise God. We, we vetted that first and we stayed at that little motel and so we, we get to that church and um, had a precious time with them and we left there around um, two o'clock in the afternoon after having a meal with them. And I knew it was a, a heck of a drive to the village from there, but um, it was what it was. So we we left and we're driving and driving and driving. And um, it's like eight o'clock and we're going through this little town <laughs> and I see a, a Domino's pizza. Okay. Well, I know we're not going to have food anywhere else after this point. So let's stop. And, and we, we ordered Domino's pizza and it started really raining and we got our food, got it back in the bus. And all of a sudden we hear, Oh no, there's something wrong with the bus. And then there's a bunch of um, guys speaking in Spanish and it's getting very concerning. So it's like eight o'clock at night, pouring down rain, our first full day in Guatemala. And I'm thinking, we're going to be stuck in this little town. We only have five days in the village because of the commute. If this takes one or two days, oh, Lord, help us. So, you know, the enemy is just coming in and, and attacking. And so we finally start to pray. And like, okay, a belt broke. All right. Um, do we know which belt it is? And more chatter back and forth in Guatemala. And finally, like, okay, we think it's just the air conditioning belt. <laughs> so we're going to try and go and, and pray that it doesn't overheat. I'm like, okay. So we start driving and, and praise God, it was just the air conditioning belt. So we keep going and we get to the village at, I think it was just after one in the morning or something like that. And um, difficult travel, but praise God, nobody got motion sickness, car sick, and we made it there. So um, the, the team unity, like I said, that was the biggest fear coming into this trip is, you know, if we, if we're clashing together, when you're, you know, not getting sleep, when you're, when it's uncomfortable, when you're, um, the food isn't what you're used to and it's not agreeing with your stomach, you know, you multiply that by 10 and the flesh rises up that'll just destroy a trip. And so the first day I'm like, okay, we need to go to the grocery store and we need to get some basic food that we can eat in the mornings and, and whatever else, just so people can have some routine. And so 
we go to the grocery store and, and I, I've been through this rodeo, you know, three times. So I'm just piling up my cart with as much American food as I can find chips and, you know, candy and whatever else. <laughs> and, and everybody else on the team is like not grabbing anything. Like guys, don't be shy. Just, just, just grab some stuff. It'll, it'll help you. Trust me. And so they, they grab very little and, um, I, I figured I grabbed enough, but, um, so we check out and it turns out that, yeah, like all the food that I bought was, was distributed amongst everybody, which is no problem, but everybody was not everybody, but most of them were like fearful that they, they didn't feel like they should have an American luxury on the mission field. And, and I, and I understand that, but at the same time, I'm, I'm like, guys, if you're down for the count, if, you know, if you can't stay away from the bathroom for more than 20 minutes, you're useless. So don't think of these as luxuries. Think of them as just something to, to help you keep going. If you do get attacked and, you know, or you need something that feels like home, because if you're getting attacked, you're, you know, you're going to be useless and it's just going to bring the whole team down. And, um, my wife probably struggled with that the most out of everybody. <laughs> she just like, we don't need any beds to sleep on. We don't need this or that. And I'm like, honey, that, that's noble, but it's not realistic. You need a rest. You need your sleep because you are going, you're going, you're going, you're going, you're pouring out, you're pouring out, you're pouring out and you will get tired. <laughs> and um, before we went down there, we, we um, had them buy beds for us. Cause we were going to bring air mattresses, but we're like that, that takes up too much room and we can bring clothing. And we figured that this wouldn't be the only trip. So we had them buy beds and they bought like seven queen size beds and bedding and everything else. And so everybody was really comfortable and just blessed. And, and now we have all those items for another team, which is just awesome. So we, we get to the, the marketplace and um, we, we kind of just, I forget. Oh, we were going to go exchange money. So we go down into the city or the town, the village, whatever you want to call it. And we exchange money, but right where you exchange money is all these little pop-up businesses like a marketplace. I'm sure you've seen a lot of them there in Asia. You know, there's just a tarp overhead and they're selling fruit or whatever else. And they just line the streets. So you get 10, well, there's seven gringos and um, Dan, the brother from Indiana, he's like six foot five. So over there, he's Grande Dan. <laughs> he's just a giant. <laughs> and he has an amazing gift of healing and loves praying for people. So Grande Dan steps foot in the marketplace and, you know, his head's rubbing on the tents and, and people are like coming up to his chest. <laughs> Guatemalan people are short. <laughs> so he's like, whoa, this is crazy. And then you throw um six other gringos in the mix in a, a town that has never seen more than you know probably three or four there they don't have mission teams coming there they, they've had them but it's it's not very common so they just start flocking around him and all of a sudden he's praying for people other team members are praying for people and it's just like revival breaking out in the street 
um, Pastor Juan come get me. He's like, hey, th- this lady, she wants you to pray for her business. So I go over there and I'm praying for her business. And, and she brings me to the back of the room and, and she starts telling us um, that she suffered from alcoholism and she fell down and she hurt her head. So, and she, she has a concussion or her head hurts and headaches and things like that. So I go get Grande Dan and I'm like, Hey brother, you want to pray with her? And absolutely. So we start praying for her and, and, um, I, I love his approach on healing. So, you know, goes up to somebody, do you have any aches or pains? Yeah. My shoulder hurts. So pray for the shoulder and it's nothing. I mean, it's not like this, 20 minute prayer. It's just, you know, maybe a minute. And then he says in faith, you know, can you, can you raise your, your arm up? They raise their arm up. Okay. So it's about halfway praise again. Can you raise it up more? They raise it up like three quarters of the way (laughs) praise for it again. Then they're raising it all the way up and then they're moving their arm and it's just praise God. This is amazing. (laughs) So, um, I, I get done praying with that lady, come back out in the marketplace and, and everybody's just spread out. We're just spread out, and um, everybody is just ministering to someone. It was just amazing. That was the first day um, of being in the village area. And I'm like, wow, God, if this is anything of what's to come, hallelujah. Wow. So we get done in that marketplace, and, and we actually went to the store after that point. So we get to the store and we, you know, we're um, checking out and our translator, Mario, precious brother, um, he's, he's talking with this young man, right. Um, in the grocery store, right in the entrance. And so I, I go up and I just say hi. And, and the young man says hi in English and the, you know, has a conversation in English. So I go, oh, wow. Um, you speak good English. Like, yeah, I I work for a Wells Fargo call center. I used to work in Guatemala city, but COVID shut it down. And, um, so I get to work from home and this is where I'm from in San Juan. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. And we're talking some more. And and he tells me that his dad's a pastor. I'm like, Oh really? And God's been just showing me that, um, the trips to Guatemala are going to start changing in, in the respect of, will be preaching in more churches. And um, so I say, maybe sometime I can um, preach at your dad's church. <laughs> and, and he says these words like, no sooner than I, I, I come out of my mouth, he says, yeah, how about tomorrow? Because it was Saturday. And I'm like, okay, what time? Because a lot of churches are, have church at three o'clock in the afternoon. And that's when we were going to have church with um, Pastor Juan was at three o'clock in the afternoon. So I say, what time? He's like, 10 in the morning? Like, yeah, we don't have anything. Let's do it. And so I I say, are you sure that's okay with your dad? He's like, yeah, yeah, it would be no problem. Like, okay, praise God. Tell, you know, tell these brothers where the church is at and, and we'll see you tomorrow morning, you know, nine, nine 30 or whatever you want us to be there. Like, okay. So we leave part our ways. (laughs) We, um, we, make our way back to the bus after ministering to countless other people. I mean, it was just nonstop. Anytime we hit the market, it was three hours later and we're, we're back to the bus and everybody's just talking about, you know, what, what God did. It was just so awesome. So we go back to the village and, um, 
I can't remember if we had much else to do that day, but either way. So we wake up for church the next day and um, we, we pile on the bus and we start going into town and we're looking for the church and they're, they're talking in Spanish or in their dialect. And I'm like, brothers, do you know where it's at? Like, Oh, it's close by. It's somewhere around here. And I go, okay. And it was plenty plenty early. It was like nine o'clock or even before. So they're chattering and all of a sudden they hop off the bus and they're coming and going and like, can't you just call somebody? And, Oh, we're trying, but this and that. And I'm like, okay. So we're sitting on the bus and all of a sudden I hear this, um, advertising coming and i know that that sound because it's it's a brother that i met last march and he has a four-wheeler and he has some speakers on the four-wheeler and he sells advertisements to the businesses and this brother has an awesome testimony i met him last year or i'm sorry in march and um he 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 was horribly horrible alcoholic just drink and binge nonstop. and i think i shared this with you last time that his first business was carrying a scale a weight scale around the city and he would charge people like 10 cents to weigh themselves um they don't have a lot of scales in guatemala evidently and he made a killing just letting people weigh themselves on a scale (laughs) and so he um he would make a lot of money but then he'd go drink and end up in jail and him and his scales would be in jail. And it got so bad where they were going to like, okay, you're going to go to prison if you don't stop showing up in jail enough of this. And so he gets gloriously saved, just gloriously saved. And the next business God gave him or God started giving him um, business ideas. And so he wanted to do the advertising thing and he bought a bicycle I'm sure you see these over there, the four-wheel bicycles, like a rickshaw almost, except it's four wheels and, you know, pedals, and you can um, cart people around on it. So he, he got a bicycle, and he put some loudspeakers on it, and he, he rode his bike around town advertising. <laughs> and then God blessed him enough where he could buy that four-wheeler. So I met him last March, and he showed me the four-wheeler, took us to his house, and just a precious brother, but he's got a, an entrepreneur mind, entrepreneurial mind. And he, he just loves Jesus. He loves giving back. And, uh, so talking with him last March and, and finding out his story, fast forward to just last month in August, we're sitting on the bus and I hear his four wheeler coming up because it's advertising. I put my head out the window and instantly he recognizes me and he speaks broken English. I'm like, Hey brother, how are you? And and we're just greeting each other. And I say, we're supposed to preach at a church somewhere around here. He's like, I know it's my church. I'm like, huh? No, no. We're preaching at a church somewhere nearby. (laughs) And he says, I know it's a church I go to. I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) You're not understanding me. And he says, no, it's my church. And so we get off the bus and he literally takes us like 15 feet to this gate and he points back there and the church is back there. I'm like, (laughs) wow, praise God. So we get into the church and um, we're sitting there, but I don't I don't see the um, young man that invited us. So the pastor's son, 
I don't see him there yet. I'm like, huh, that's odd. I, I wonder where he's at. But right about when I'm thinking that and just talking to the pastor a little bit with the translator, Pastor Juan, he comes and he says, brother, there's, there's a lady that's really sick. 90 seconds. <laughs> she's, she's really sick. And um, can we go pray for her? Like, okay. So we gather up the team. And I think all of us, at least seven or eight of us, we walk like five, six blocks. And we come to this house where this, this lady's in bed. And she's been bedridden for eight months. You walk into the house, it's just dirt floors, it's just concrete block. I mean, it, there's nothing. And this lady is just sitting, laying in the bed. And so... Brother Hank? We, uh, yes. Sorry about the interruption. Uh, hold that right there. Um, yeah, absolutely. This is just an indicator over at Blog Talk that if you want to listen by phone, get in the queue. Got 60 seconds to do it. And if you're in the queue, just sit tight and you can continue to listen to the broadcast. Mm-hmm. If you're just joining us, Amen. Um, that interruption's almost over. We will, um, we are broadcasting rather tonight on multiple platforms. You can catch us on Blog Talk Radio and MixLR. We also have Brother Hank coming through on uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, DLive, MixCloud, and. Um, we can also add some other platforms as well. So Ten seconds. Tune in. Okay. That uh, announcer is over with. You got all the time you want. Keep going. Hallelujah. Yes. That was a good idea. Good little break. I needed a drink. So <clears throat> so we we all pile into this lady's house, and um, there's a couple of her kids that are there, grandkids, and and we're just following Pastor Juan. So none of us really know what's going on. We, we think we were invited <laughs> um, because he said, you know, she's, she's sick. She, she really needs prayer. And, and we're getting little bits and pieces that she's been in, in bed for eight months. And so, but it was extremely overwhelming to the family because so many people come into the room. And so we get to pray for her and we're just all praying and interceding. And, and um, after maybe five minutes of praying, um, I think Brother Dan asked, you know, does she want to get up? Does she feel like she can sit up? And so they they kind of um, help her sit up. And we're praying some more. And then, like, do you think she can stand up? Does she want to stand up? And so they're asking her. And she's just kind of, she's in a state of mind where she doesn't know where she's at. Her head's kind of just not able to support itself. And, um it was just, this lady is sick. And so we're praying for her and, and it's like, she's, she's, she's going to stand up. So when they ask that, I get my phone out and I start recording. <clears throat> and so they're, they're helping her and, and kind of sitting her up. And then all of a sudden she's standing up and I'm like, praise God. So we're praying, but right when she stood up, no more than 15 seconds later, her daughter looks in the room um, because another sibling had been kind of hollering out there back and forth. And I thought, you know, she was saying, hey, mom's sitting up or they're praying for her. But I don't know what they were, were, were saying. The other daughter speaks in good English. What are you guys doing here? What are you doing to my mom? Hey, no pictures, no recording. What are you guys doing here? Who are you? And so I stop recording, and I'm like, 
we're, we're missionaries. We're, we're here to, to share Jesus. We're here to pray for your mom. We, we want to pray for her. And she's just like, who are you? Where are you? Why are you here? Why are you here? We want to pray for you. And she's like, are, are, she thought we were tourists. And I'm thinking to myself, this is San Juan, Extroy in Guatemala. I don't think you have too many tourists coming here that are gringos. It's just not a tourist destination. And it's, but she was just very fearful. And once that happened, you know, it just quenched the spirit. <laughs> Lady sat back down, laid back down. And we were basically being escorted out of the house. But what I didn't know was um, Pastor Brad talked with um, that that daughter a little bit after we left and he just told her kind of, Hey, you know, we're, we're Christians. We want to pray for your mom. We want to help her. We're sorry that, you know, we all came in here like this. Um, but you know, we're sorry. And she invited him back. And I didn't know about that until later in the trip. So we leave and we, we go back to the church. We're supposed to start preaching in like 15 minutes or less, <laughs> get back to the church. And, and finally the, um, the son who I ran into at the grocery store is there. <laughs> I'm like, Hey brother, you made it. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And so um, we get up and they're doing worship. And um, like I said, he speaks pretty good English. So he wanted to sing a couple songs for us and he, he starts explaining the song. And I think one of them was an old hymn. It might've been how great thou art, but I could be wrong. And then, the other one, he's like, yeah, you guys may know this one. I'm going to sing it karaoke style, and um, it's called One Day at a Time. And I'm like, what? So he starts singing it, and it's one of those songs that I grew up listening to with my dad. Um, I think it was the Gaithers that maybe wrote it or someone else. But that it just brought me back to the memories of, of driving down the highway in the Volkswagen bus and those cassette tapes playing and, and my mom and dad singing along. And, you know, this is something I hadn't heard for like 30 years. And this guy in Guatemala singing it right there. So it was just awesome. And so we get up to preach and um, <clears throat> we're preaching and, and he's translating for me. And he, he's just kind of looking at me with um, just like big eyes during the sermon and uh, I'm like, and I'm thinking, is he understanding what I'm, what I'm saying is, is the translation coming through good? I didn't quite know, but um, the Holy spirit was moving and it just kept preaching. It didn't, you know, sit on my mind and dwell or anything, but um, so get done and then we're praying for people and we pray for him and his dad and, and we invite him to lunch. And so, <clears throat> We go over to lunch, and this this young man, he's I'm having a conversation with him, and he's like, "Brother, your words really, really touched me. They really spoke to me." Um, and I'm like, "Oh, praise God! You know, that's awesome to hear." And I say, "That's from what I understand, it's difficult to get involved in the sermon when you're translating because if you get too deep in thought." you'll forget what to translate. And, and I said, is that true? He's like, yeah, yeah, that is true. But your words, they just penetrated my heart. They're, they're what I needed to hear. 
like, wow, praise God. And he goes on to say, brother, I, I haven't been going to church for a long time. I, I, I didn't want to come today, but I told you I would be there. But I, I didn't want to come because I, I wasn't worthy. I haven't been in a church. I haven't been living for God. And um, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like I, I should be there. But I told you I would, so that's the only reason I came. <laughs> and so I ask him, I say, yesterday, when I, when I said, you know, maybe I could preach at your dad's church sometime, did you know the words that were coming out of your mouth? He's like, no. When I said, how about tomorrow, I wanted to take the words back. First off, I haven't been going to church. Secondly, my dad, he preaches at different um, locations on Sundays. I didn't even know if he would be at church. <laughs> and thirdly, no, I, 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 I didn't feel worthy to be there. So the Holy Spirit, or God just opened up his mouth and, and spoke those words, how about tomorrow, without him even knowing. <laughs> it was so awesome to hear that. And just God ministered to him and, you know, helping him get back on track and, and get back to church because he'd worked in Guatemala City for so long and hadn't been going to church there. And it just continued when he was back home in his in his village. So that was the start of the trip. And it was just awesome to, to hear that because, you know, God knows what everybody needs. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what everybody needs. And for the Holy Spirit to speak through him like that, it would just... Wonderful to hear. Just an awesome testimony. <clears throat> so we um, leave there rejoicing, and um, we we have a 3 o'clock service at Pastor Juan's church. So we go back, and we get ready for that church service. And um, it was a powerful service. An older lady um, came in with a cane, but she had two men on her side, and they were kind of helping her into her seat. And so... Um, after the preaching, we had a time of, of prayer, and the Holy Spirit really just did an awesome, awesome work with the prayer. So um, he, he kind of showed me this back after my dad had passed away, and I thought my family um, and myself would be traveling to Japan together, my siblings. And um, the Holy Spirit showed me these prayer lines. And um, three different prayer lines. One was for marriages. And then another one was for um, like physical healing. And another one was for words of knowledge. So each person kind of operating in their gifts. So he showed me those, those kind of prayer lines. And that's what the Holy Spirit did this trip. So we had three different prayer lines. One was for salvation. One was for physical healing. And the other one was for marriages and, and wives that, you know, just need encouragement and prayer. And so we have those three lines and the, the healing lines, brother, they were like out the door, almost every service, everybody going up for some type of physical healing. And I was trying to figure it out. And I was talking with um, the brother Hector. And, and that's the other thing that God really worked out. We had three translators. <laughs> so it was just awesome that we could have a translator for each line 
and um, God just did such awesome work. But so over there, the the medical system, it's pretty, pretty archaic. We could say it's just outdated, extremely outdated. And um, they, it's all self pay. So there's no insurance companies. You have to pay before they will treat you. And, and I, I was like, okay, so what if somebody has, you know, been shot or stabbed or something like that? Will they help them? And I don't know if it was lost in translation, but they said, no, that you have to pay. You have to come up with the amount of money that they say. So you have that type of system. You have people that are lucky to make a dollar an hour. And then hospitals charge a, a lot of money over there. So they, they don't, they can't go. So these, these prayer lines for healing, I mean, it was just stacked full of people, each service. And so this, this older lady that came in and she had a cane and she was being escorted in by two um, of her, I think it was grandsons after we learned that. And um, she's sitting down in the front row with her cane and the prayer line's pretty long. So we get done with the salvation line and, um, the marriage line and they bring us over to her and, and tell us she, she wants to go to America. She's supposed to go to America next month, but her knees are really bad. We pray for her knees like, okay, yeah. So we start praying for her knees. And, and, um, by that time it was like three days into the trip. We're like, can you stand up? So she stands up (laughs) like, praise God. And, um, we start praying some more. Do you, you know, do you feel a difference? Do you feel a difference? And yeah, I think I feel a little different. So we start praying some more and like, can you walk? And she, she grabs her cane. Like, no, 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 no. Can you walk without your cane? And so she starts kind of walking across waddling kind of across the floor. Like praise God. So we're just rejoicing in that. And we, um, she sits back down on the other side of the room, but hallelujah. So, after the service, she gave Pastor Brad an offering, and she gave him a hundred um, Q over there. It's like fifteen U.S. dollars. So we didn't know about it, and he was just he didn't he tried not taking it and accepting it, but um, she really wanted to give it to him. So I'm like, okay, so he took took it and was waiting for the next person to give it to. And um, a lot of other healings happened there. I wasn't in the healing line, but um, people were just just getting healed left and right. God was moving. Marriages were getting restored. It was beautiful to see that. Um, in Guatemala, they most of them say they're married, but they're just living together outside of wedlock. Even uh, the people in the church, they they all say they're married, but they're not married in the sight of God, and they just live together and have kids together, but they don't take that, make that commitment to, to get married. And it's something that can be done in Guatemala because if you do it, it's on your driver's license that it says you're married, but they just don't do it. So we're trying to encourage them. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you, but he can't bless you when you're outside of marriage and you're living together and you're having children together. He can't bless that. He wants to, you know, make that commitment before him and together. So you don't walk out. So you don't, you know, cheat on your, your wife, your girlfriend. And, you know, so you, you stay together where God is joined together. Let no man separate. So we're, we're just trying to share that with them. And 
and then these lines, um, they're, they're getting ministered to and just healing. So it was beautiful to see that. So that was, uh, the second service on the second day we were there. Um, but that day we had three services planned. So the third one was at an AA, um, not meeting, an AA meeting. So alcohol, Alcoholics Anonymous. And it turns out the um, guy that helped start the AA in that village is the same one that um, started the business with the scales and then the advertising with the, the four-wheeler. So he, we were invited by someone else, and I didn't even know that he was like the, the lead guy there. <laughs> so we arrive, and, and there he is again. <laughs> like, wow, praise God. So we're sitting in there, and we we'd try to figure out what we could bring them um, if we buy them coffee or donuts or something like that, like the American way, like that's what they do. <laughs> and um, they were like, no, no, no. I mean, you could try and get donuts or bread or, or fruit or something like that. But um, I think what would really bless them would be they, they have to rent their building. And it costs, um, I want to say like three or 400 Q a month, which is 50 to 60 dollars a month to rent the building. So we determined that we'll, we'll pay their a month's rent. And so we get there to the service that night and, um, AA meeting over there, they have a, the podium and everybody gets up and everybody starts testifying much like America. I'm assuming I haven't really been to one in America, but, um, so the first guy gets up, he testifies. And then the second guy gets up and he testifies and he, and our translator is, is interpreting for us. And he's standing up there interpreting. But you could see some of the stuff he's not translating and he's not interpreting it. And there's kind of some look of concern on his face. And because the guy is just going off, he's like, he started saying, this is not a church. You can, we can say what we want in here. You can't stop us. There's rules in, that we follow. We're not a church. Don't judge us. <laughs> He's just going on and on and on. Who are you? What are you doing here? And why are you here? This and that. We're not a church. We can say what we want. We can cuss if we want. And he's telling um, our translator to, to translate the cuss words. <laughs> we didn't find this out till later that um, our interpreter was like, no, I'm not, I'm not translating the cuss words. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but this guy is just kind of going off and, and just for like 20, 30 minutes. And we're sitting back and I'm thinking, okay, am I supposed to share? Cause it was myself, Christine and Heather and one other lady, um, Bonnie is her name that was with us. And so I, I, I assumed they brought me there to share. So I'm just talking to the Holy spirit, Lord, what do you, what do you have for me to say? <laughs> um, they're, they're not going to be too receptive if, if you don't talk and the Holy spirit just begins to say, you know, he says it's not a church, but there's a lot of similarities. You know, they speak from a podium. They're all sharing their testimony how do we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony? And um, the other thing the Holy Spirit reminded me of was that here in Iowa, our church lets um, the local AA meeting happen at the church for free. So they facilitate the building. 
Oh, okay. So it's my time to come up and speak. And we've been sitting through uh, over an hour of people, you know, talking and, and sharing their, their testimonies. And so I get up and, and um, I say, yeah, look, I appreciate this isn't a church, but there's a lot of similarities. You guys have a podium <laughs> that you speak from. You all get up and you share and you share your testimony. And, and the word of God says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And that's what you're doing. You're sharing your testimony. It's helping your brothers. It's making them stronger. And then I, I said, you know, in America, we, we open our church doors for free to the AA group. And, and we've come here to, we want to we sow into this because there's a good work happening here. And so we want to pay your, your rent for the next month. So we give them that, that offering. And it just like softened their hearts. And I was just able to share the gospel. And um, I get done and sit down and um, they close out the meeting. And they're all coming up to us, shaking our hands, thanking us. A couple of them are hugging us. And towards the end of we're getting ready to leave, who comes up to all of us and hugs us and thanks us? It's that man that was, you know, just hounding us. (laughs) sin going after us this was not a church but god just softened his heart it was beautiful to see it was awesome to to be a part of that and and just encourage him and and tell him look the church doesn't accept you as you know who you are and they doubt that you're gonna be able to stand strong because you, you fall and you stumble but don't let that reflect on who jesus is he loves you he wants you to go out there and and be the church Go outside these doors and help up, help the other brothers because alcoholism is such a, it's such a terrible disease there. It's, it's just rampant and people go on month long binges and just, you know, months of just drinking and drinking and passing out in the streets. So it's just the need there for, for that type of center and, and for the church to, start helping those people is it's such a huge need. So, um, so that was like day two, um, day three, we finally started working on the house. We, part of the, the trip was to help build a house for uh, a family that lost theirs in a mudslide. They escaped, um, escaped their house with their clothing on their back. And that was literally it. It went down the mountain. Praise God. Nobody perished. Um, in their household, other people passed away that um, were in the area of the mudslides, but they lost their horse and it went down the mountain. The, the husband, for a living, he cuts trees down and, and needed the horse to, to move the lumber. So they, they lost everything and they came to the village, which was about an hour away from them and started a new life. And they met Pastor Juan and He's been helping them out, and um, he gave them a piece of his land to build a house. And that's what we started to, to um, that was kind of the basis of the trip, was to help build a house for that, that family. And it, it was a, there's a really cool testimony involved with that, that house, the finances. So um, a couple months before we were supposed to go to Guatemala, <clears throat> I was sharing at church, and I only had like five minutes to share. And um, I rarely share about money, you know, what's needed to, to do whatever we're, we're going to do while we're overseas. 
And, but I'm just sharing about the family and how they lost their home. And, and I say, you know, it's probably going to cost about $5,000 to, for the material to, to, to build this house. And, um, and I, I don't even know what else I said. I just briefly said that in passing and then started into something else and got done with the church service. And I'm talking to this brother afterwards and, and he says, so you think you need about $5,000? And I, and I say, yeah, we need about $5,000. But in my heart, I was <clears throat> really struggling with releasing that out to the people because I was honestly such a lack of faith that God could provide it because, you know, we're in this middle of this horrible economic downturn. Inflation is so high. Um, people's lives are are still messed up because of the whole COVID shutdowns. And so the enemy is just saying, you know, people don't have money to give to this. Don't, um, don't mention it. Just JSM joyful sound ministries can, can cover that. So that, that was the internal struggle. And so I'm talking to this brother, like I said, this was a couple months before our trip, right after I had um, shared a little bit and said, we'll need about $5,000 to build the house and for the materials. So he says, you need about $5,000. And I say, yeah, um, I think that's about right. Um, but, you know, Joyful Sound Ministries will probably can cover what what we can't, you know. And before I even say that, or before I, I complete my sentence, I'm looking at him. He just has like a, when you're looking at a, a dog, a puppy, and they kind of turn their head and they give you these eyes of confusion. That's kind of what he did. <laughs> he just kind of turns his head and like, why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me that Joyful Sound Ministries is going to cover it? He, he didn't say that, but that's kind of what it, it felt like he, he was he's saying with his eyes. And he says, um, I, I get done saying that. He's like, okay. <laughs> and he says, well, my wife and I, we, we know we're supposed to give $5,000 to something. We've been talking about this for a couple of days. We didn't know what it was, but then you said that. And, and now we know what we're supposed to give this money to. <laughs> I was just in shock, brother. I was just like, wow, God, wow. But that's not even the, the, the tip of the, the testimony. So this brother and his wife, they had gone through um, a difficult time in their marriage, and they were on the verge of divorce. He had moved out of the house, and he was wanting to sell his house. Well, before their marriage um, started falling apart, I had a contract to do siding and roofing on his house. And because of COVID and labor shortage and everything else, it was taking forever. <laughs> so I wasn't getting it done. All of a sudden, I find out that him and his wife are going through a difficult time in their marriage. He's moved out. Now he's calling me and he's like, hey, I want this done. I, I need to sell the house. And I'm like, oh, Lord, this is not a position I want to be in. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit just gave me peace. And, and because of the, the shortages and the COVID things, like we couldn't get the material in. It was just backlogged. <laughs> so this was December 
November and December of 2020. This was right before the Holy Spirit spoke to me, go to Guatemala. So we're working on his house. Who do I, what, what brother, what um, crew do I have working on his house? Hector and Caesar, <laughs> my Guatemalan brothers. So I scheduled a job for them and I say, hey, this brother and his wife, they're going through a difficult time. Okay, it's on the brink of divorce. They need a miracle. When you're working on the house, please be praying for them. And like, okay, okay. And so that all happens. And um, I go to Guatemala for the first time and just amazing things happening. But God begins to restore their marriage. And so fast forward a year later, (laughs) a year later in church, a year and a half, year and a few months later. That's the brother I'm talking to, and that's the brother that sewed the $5,000 into the trip. I'm just sitting back, wow, God, only you can orchestrate this. Only you. So the, the, the Guatemalan brothers you know, are, are doing the work on his house and praying for him and his wife. Not only did their marriage get restored, it's, it's, it's just night and day difference, but now they're, they're sewing into... Guatemalan families and churches. Praise God. So that was just awesome confirmation before we were supposed to go on the trip. Um, I put a, the pastor wanted me to put a budget together, an estimate on what the trip would cost. And um, so I, I put this, literally, I threw this thing together and it was um, an hour before the, the ministry meeting we had. And the total I came up was like seventeen thousand and um, nine hundred and thirty-five dollars, so like eighteen grand. And I'm like, oh Lord, this is gonna, this is a lot of money. Lord, help us. Um, this is too much. And so I present it to the board and have the same thought. Okay, JSN Northside Ministries can pick up, you know, a lot of the the different expenses and this and that and. And um, we go through the budget, and they had had some money left over from a trip that didn't happen because of COVID, and then they had had people giving towards the trip, and they weren't even taking up special offerings. I mean, that's something amazing about our church is they don't, you know, uh, before a trip like that, a lot of churches every single Sunday will be, okay, the trip's coming up, you know, these are the needs, or so into it this way or that way, and um, they didn't mentioned finances once. And so we're, we're going through this um, cost, this expenses, and it's like less than a month before, or a little over a month before we're supposed to actually leave. And um, we go through it all, tally it up. And after all said and done, there was like just over $100 more than what we needed. <laughs> And we're just kind of looking at each other. Wow, God. Wow. (laughs) You have this. You have this. And your ways are so much better than our ways. Your thoughts are so much higher. So that was just an amazing confirmation that this is supposed to happen. And those two um, just beautiful testimonies about God's provision and, and reconciliation. I love. I love that he's always working. He's never stops working in um, Romans, I think it's 2.8 or 
yeah, Romans 2, 8, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose and plans. And, and if we can really believe that, that all things, we're so much ahead in the faith. That is why Abraham, you know, that is, that is the, like the faith of Abraham. God's telling him, it's your only son, go up, sacrifice him. Okay, God, I don't understand it, but I trust you. I don't understand it, but I trust you. And it's just something that once you can come to that point in your life, oh my, all things are possible with God. All things are possible. Don't limit him. You won't limit him anymore. It's just like my dad used to say, if I'm getting too comfortable, I ask God to set me up. Get me in something that I can't get myself out of. (laughs) That's a faith-filled prayer and a little bit scary if I don't say so. (laughs) Get me in something that I can't get myself out of. But that's that's what makes, makes your walk with Christ not only exciting, but it just makes it the real deal. God, last time I shared with you, um, I shared about Daniel. Do you remember Daniel, the 11-year-old boy with the growth on his neck? Oh, yes, sir. Yes. So not too long after um, that show, I got word that Daniel passed away. And before Daniel passed away, the Holy Spirit was asking me these questions, and he began to ask me, am I good? And of course, God, you're always good. Am I good? Yes, God, you're good. Am I faithful? Yes, you're faithful to a thousand generations. And he just kind of, I felt like Peter, you know, um, when he, when Jesus was resurrected and what's the question he asked Peter? Um, the response is feed my sheep afterwards. Do you love me? Right? Do you recall um, after the resurrection? Jesus asking Peter, um, Peter, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. And then Jesus says, feed my sheep. Does that sound right? That's right. Feed my sheep. Okay. Feed my sheep. Feed, feed my, my sheep. Lambs. Yes. Do you love me? Yes, yes. I felt like that was what God was doing. He's like, you know, just asking me, am I faithful? Am I good? Yes, yes, God, you're good. And I didn't realize the test until he asked me this question. And he said, am I good in death? And brother, that question rocked my world. It rocked my world. And I don't, I don't know if I shared this with you last time. I don't think I did. Um, but either way, when he asked me that question, I was kind of interceding for Daniel but when he asked me that question, am I good even in death? I couldn't answer him. I couldn't answer him. I didn't want to answer him because I felt that Daniel would not be healed. And I, I always struggled with that. Okay, you know, my dad said it a lot. He said, you know, you got, you, they got their healing in heaven. You know, there's no more hurting, no more pain. There's no more suffering. And it always rubbed me the wrong way. I just um, was kind of one of those things that I didn't like. <laughs> you know, I, I don't like that. 
I, I want to see God heal everybody on, on this earth, but it doesn't happen all the time. So he asked me, am I good in death? And I'm struggling with it. I'm just, I'm wrestling with God. Oh, Lord, I don't want to answer that. I know if I answer that, you're going to tell me he's going to, you're going to bring him home. And, and so it felt like a week of wrestling with that question. I don't know if it was that long or whatever it was, but I finally had the faith to say, God, yes, you're good even in death. You are always good. No matter what, you're always good because you work all things for the good of those who love you. So, yes, Lord, you're good even in death. And it was, wasn't was much longer afterwards after I confessed that or just spoke that out that Pastor Juan called me and, and Daniel passed away. But God had just been preparing my heart that if I'm good— I'm always good. You say it, but do you believe it? So no matter what happens, do I work all things for the good? And yes, you do, God. You do, even in death, even in those heartaches, those unspeakable losses of children. It's always good and so having being able to have that faith and being able to recognize that it just takes you to another level like the faith of abraham okay this is my only heir you said i'm gonna be a father of many people i trust you god i trust you no matter what i trust you no matter what but it's not easy to be there. It's not an easy place to be. But it's necessary, especially, you know, if God's going to be taking me to third world countries, and um, which it seems to be happening, unfolding. The, 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 the despair, the death and the despair, it, it's great. But God is greater. God is so much greater, and he's so good through it all. So um, that... I can't remember which service it was either that first one at Pastor Juan's or the second one, but um, he was talking with a couple and I, I didn't recognize them, but I went over there and, and he, he brought me over to them and it was Daniel's parents. And they're just, you know, they're, they're, they're in tears. They're showing me pictures of Daniel and the funeral and, and all these things. And, and um, they're thanking me because we, we helped him and, you know, visited him and, and bought him clothing and um, helped pay for his funeral and things like that. But it was it was good to see them and see that they're, you know, they're making it through this. But I can't wait to see what God does through through Daniel's death because he makes all things work for the good. All things work for the good. So um, there's not too much good in an 11-year-old dying that this world can see. <laughs> but what God can do with that, I'm excited to see it. And I believe that a mighty awakening is going to happen, not only in that village, but in that family and just around there. So that was, that was, that was difficult, but, but good to be a part of. And um, just a, a lesson in life and, and just 
being able to confess some things, be able to not confess, but be able to speak them out in faith. Yes, Lord, I believe I trust you. I can trust you through this. I can trust that. Yeah, you will make this work out for your good and your glory. Um, the every single day we were there, we were only there five days. It was just absolutely amazing what God would do. So we only had like four or five hours to work on the house because it's rainy season. So in the mornings it's dry, but then in the afternoons after 12 or one o'clock, it starts raining. So we, we worked on the house a handful of days. The, the ladies blessed their hearts. They literally moved um, the side of the mountain out so they could make a way for the bus to, to park and move this massive tree stump out and just countless wheelbarrow loads of, of, dirt down trying to level out an area while the men are up up top and building this this house but um we didn't get very far on the house unfortunately we were only able to help get the foundation kind of done not completely done but um the flooring and stuff like that down so um that's all right. It, God had much, much better plans for us as a team than, than building the house. The, the brother is currently living in the chicken shed that we, we built. <laughs> um, the, from the first trip, we, we were talking about a business there, and it was a, a, we felt a chicken business, but it just never happened. It, it didn't come to fruition yet, and they were thinking – way too big they were going to do like 3,000 chickens or something like that and it would have been way too many but regardless um this man and his his family live in the chicken shed that we built um as a temporary residence so it's just four walls and um they're fortunate enough to have a concrete floor and so they have a shelter to to live in while the the house is being finished um the third day there was um we were, we preached at a handful of different other churches and and that was really neat to experience because like i said god would been showing me that we're going to be preaching at, at different churches and different areas so um we see here yeah it, the marketplace ministry though that was just it's amazing what god would do through that just so many people flocking to to us and um, just able to to share the love of Jesus with them was so much fun. Uh, we were at a restaurant handing out little children's Bibles and um, these little kids are coming up to us and they grab a Bible and then all of a sudden we, we look across the street and this little girl's reading it to um to her sister, <laughs> just like instantly. It was just beautiful. Um, bracelets, gospel tracks, they just love it, just love it. Um, a couple days after we'd prayed for that grandma with the, with the bad knees, um, we had another church service that she was at, and I gave an altar call and, and had the people come up just to seek God. And I didn't realize it until later on. I, I snapped a picture of the altar area that was full of um, men and women on their knees. And um, there's this lady that we didn't even notice until we looked at the picture. It's that lady that 
we prayed for her, the grandmother that couldn't walk and her knees were really bad. She's on her knees on a concrete floor seeking God. <laughs> so that was just awesome to see that um, God has been restoring her knees and, and legs and she's able to to get down on her face before God. So praise God. Um, on I think it was the third day there, Hector, his mother-in-law, devout Catholic, but she's more Mayan. And um, she had been, she comes to visit her daughter when we're in country. So Hector and Minga are, um, are my connection to Guatemala because he was born there. So he's got his um, citizenship and he travels with me to Guatemala and rents the car or we rent the car and he drives it or whatnot. But his mother-in-law comes and visits the daughter, his daughter, his wife, which is her daughter, every time we're in, in country and stays with us at the house there. So this time um, I'd you know, spoken with her briefly in the past three trips um, <clears throat> and Hector's told me that you know he's been presenting the gospel to her and you know trying to share the truth with her, but she just kind of pushes it off. And her son is uh, she lives with her son, and he says, "If you become a Christian, you know you're dead to me, or this or that, or disowning you." But this trip, um, we walked. I walked into the kitchen area, <clears throat> and there's brothers that are surrounding this this lady, Hector's mother-in-law. And Marlon is there, and he's just sharing the love of Jesus with her. <laughs> so he's kind of just um, not preaching to her, but he's just, you know, witnessing to her. And all of a sudden, or, you know, after about 30, 45 minutes of witnessing to her, praise God, she accepts Jesus. And it was the most beautiful thing ever because they don't have much joy there. Their their faces are almost a permanent frown. <laughs> and she goes from that frown to this smile that I'm uh, a picture I took, and it's just awesome. And and Marlon's, you know, telling her, "Look, I I want you to have Jesus, but I don't want you to do this because you feel um, <clears throat> coaxed into it, or or um, you're doing it for us. I want you to do this for yourself." and and she says, oh, maybe next time when you guys come back. <laughs> like, they, they all say that. And I think they, they say it just to get you to stop witnessing to them. <laughs> um, but he says, you know, today is the day of salvation. We're not promised tomorrow. Today is the day. And he witnesses her some more, and she, she accepts Jesus in her heart. And so she, everybody on the team is, is hugging her and and Hector, her, her son-in-law, and her daughter just in tears, just thanking God. And I, I, I talk with um, Caesar. He's a brother in America. That's Hector's brother and Pastor Juan's brother. So there's the three Lopez brothers, Hector, um, Caesar, and Pastor Juan. And Juan's the one that's in Guatemala. Hector and Caesar in America. But I'm talking to Caesar back home, and he says, you know, I tell her, yeah, you know, I forget her name, but she came to Jesus. And he's like, what? She is, you know, I'm like, yeah, she's a devout Catholic. He's like, she's more than a devout Catholic. She's she's more of the Mayan religion, the, the deep Mayan 
witchcraft. And her son is, is, you know, has told her if she comes to Jesus, he's, he's pretty much done with her. And so he was just in awe, just in awe of, of, of her coming to the Lord. It was a beautiful, just a beautiful thing. Um, <clears throat> we brought so much clothing. It was awesome to, to bring clothing for everybody because um, we didn't let the team members bring much. <laughs> You're like, you bring a carry-on, fit most of your clothes on that, and then we'll have one suitcase for the men and one suitcase for the ladies. But the rest, we're bringing clothing and things. And we brought, I think I shared it earlier, that like probably 300, 400 pounds of clothing and then another couple hundred pounds of tools. So giving that out is just awesome. They 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 have so little, but um, just a, a T-shirt or pants or anything just blesses them so much. Um, we... We were going to go walk and pray an area that we thought was a, a high place, like another cave. And um, <clears throat> both the, the brothers, our translator and Pastor Juan, thought they knew of the place. And as kids, a lot of they experienced a lot of weird things happening there, a lot of weird witchcraft. And um, so... That was something I knew we needed to fast and pray for, but, um, and it was something that I wanted to get taken care of on this trip. So I think five or six of us <clears throat> on the team, me, Heather, Brad, and the pastor, and a couple others. So five or six of us, we start a trek out and it's pouring down rain. I mean, pouring down rain. And um, we're walking and it is literally like two hours of walking in the rain, trying to get up to this cliff, essentially. And it's just pouring down rain. And we make it to this big rock that's jetting out of the side of the mountain. <clears throat> and we can't find any cave or anything. Um, we just find a little bit of things at the base of the the rock where, you know, not even really any candles this time, but just areas that they thought witchcraft was happening. So we come against it and, and prayed and, and, and redeemed the area, but it didn't seem like there was anything actively going on. So we set off to, to return back to the, the base camp or to the village. And, Oh my goodness, it was the craziest, um, adventure ever like indiana jones adventure because we are literally um sliding down the mountainside <laughs> hitting trees um catching ourselves before we go off a, a deeper ravine um being stopped by trees <laughs> um, getting smacked in the face with all these branches and different things it was a just a sight to see once we we finally got back to the road because it, it took so long to hike the trail we thought ah we can just go down the mountain and and find the trail and we literally went down the side of the mountain <laughs> making new trails and sliding on our behinds and um it was just it was crazy um but 
the the team was gracious and nobody came out with any injuries and um it it probably wasn't the the smartest thing to do but it was it was an adventure to say the least that was midway through that trip um we didn't do much other spiritual warfare walking and praying just because we were trying to build the house and um, then we'd have a church service and different things like that. So um, fast forward to the last day. So we, we wanted to walk and pray and pick up trash in a parking lot. And, and then pastor Brad wanted to go back to the lady's house that um, we were kicked out of the first day, the lady that was bedridden for eight months, okay? So Pastor Brad, my wife Heather, Christine, and our translator Mario, they went to that house, and then we, um, the other brothers, picked up trash. So what we found out, they go to the house, and the fir- they, they stop and get some groceries. They want to bring her groceries, and then Pastor Brad wanted to give her that offering, that $100 or 100 Catala uh, 100Q offering that he got from the lady with the the knees that was healed from her um, bad knees. So they get groceries and they they bring that gift. They get to the house and the lady who had been bedridden for eight months is sitting in a chair in her right mind. <laughs> she goes on to tell them something along these lines. I don't know the exact wording, but she says. I was waiting for someone to come pray for me. I was waiting for my healing. I knew it was coming. You guys came. I didn't really know you were there. I was still kind of out of it. But I knew God was going to heal me. And when you guys left, I just started getting better and better and better. <laughs> and so she's, she's walking around. She was sitting in a chair. She was in her right mind. And God had healed her. It was amazing. So they, they just talk with the, the daughters and, and um, just minister to them. They give them the food and everything and, and bless them. And, and they, they're, they're grateful now. They're, they're thanking her. And it turns out that daughter that kind of kicked us out, she speaks pretty good English and the local dialect and Spanish. And um, so they were just able to, to minister and, and share the love of Jesus. And Brad gave them the the hundred Q also. And, um, so the team leaves and we're, um, they're, they're leaving, but the translator gets called, the interpreter gets called back and they give him the hundred Q gift and then they doubled it. And so they gave him 200 and, um, they were just so grateful for what God did. But that was such an amazing thing to witness is, that lady was bedridden and just, she knew God was going to do something, but um, God sent us such a time as this. It was so awesome to hear that report. We were picking up trash and um, a pastor noticed us picking up trash and he, he, he talked to Pastor Juan and said, oh, thank them. Tell them good job. It makes the mayor look really good. <laughs> He's saying that very sarcastically because it's the mayor's job to keep the, the city area clean. And, um, so we had, you know, six gringos out there, four or five gringos out there, um, Americans picking up trash and everybody's just looking at us and what is happening. We had opportunity to pray with, um, three different people for healing and blessing. These kids came out of the school and, um, like 
40 or 50 kids came out of the school and we gave them um, bracelets and they were just ecstatic. The teacher comes out thanking us. That was really cool to see. Um, this other brother comes and says, will you come pray for my wife? She's very sick. So we go down to his house. It's a business with a house in the back and he's selling all the candles and incense and all that junk that they use at the um, pagan altars. And we're just praying for his wife and then we're talking to him and telling him that God wants to bless you, but he can't bless you when you're selling this stuff. And, um, you know, do you know Jesus? And yeah, I know Jesus. I used to go to assembly of God church. <laughs> like, come on, brother. How do you sell this stuff? If you've gone to a, you know, a spirit filled church. And so we just encourage him like, look, as you sell this stuff, replace it with something else. Replace it with something else that, that God can bless you with. Can you do that? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, can you pray with your wife about and ask God to, to lead you what you're supposed to sell? And so he starts praying with his wife, and it's, it sounds very powerful. I'm, I'm looking at the trans interpreter, and I'm like, are they praying to Jesus or someone else? And it's like, no, they're praying to Jesus. So that was cool to see, and I tell him, look, I'm going to be back, and I'm going to come by, and, and I want to see less of these things on the shelves, Lord willing, all of them gone, and you're selling something else that God's blessing you with. So that was really awesome to see. Um, I'll wrap it up with this. So we <clears throat> we um, we left the country and um, had a the enemy tried breaking down the bus, but um, God was faithful and he got it back on the road, no problem. So we made our flight and everything. Um, I'm talking to Pastor Juan just like less than a week after we had gotten back. And he says, brother, the mayor of, of the village called me into his office. I went over there and he, he thanked me and he told, told me, you know, if those Americans come back, please bring them to my office. I, I would love for them to pray for me. And, and I want to thank them for, for cleaning up trash. <laughs> and um, so that was really cool. But the next thing he did was even just amazing. So he says, um, I'm going to give you a contract for um, picking up soldiers in Guatemala City with the bus if you want it. And it pays um, basically like 600 U.S. dollars, six or 700 U.S. dollars each trip. And so um, the two brothers can be blessed. Chepe is one of them, the man that lost his house on a landslide. He's the bus driver. He'll make... Um, He'll make a thousand Q, which is basically um, two weeks worth of wages, but he'll make it in like three days. And then another brother from the church will make a thousand Qs, and then Pastor Juan will make a thousand Qs. So the rest of the money will go towards fuel and, and everything else. But um, yeah, they'll make like a, under $150. But it's just such an amazing blessing for them. And um, the mayor is telling Pastor Juan that, you know, a lot of people have come up to me wanting this contract. And, you know, he didn't say this, but they, they're offering him a kickback, the mayor a kickback. But he says, no, this, this is for Pastor Juan. This, is, this contract is for him. So praise God. Um, we've, we've been desiring to, to use the bus for ways that they can, can make some additional income. But taking people to the market it's really hard on the bus and they they just trash it so we didn't want to do that and this this is seems like an awesome 
awesome opportunity because the soldiers will have to respect the bus and if they break anything they'll get in big trouble and um so it's just a an amazing blessing from god the trip was was just awesome um god multiplied everything by you know 10 or 20 we we prayed for countless people saw countless healings and miracles and salvation and it was just everything and so much more than I could have ever hoped for on a first trip, bringing a team over there of all the uncertainties, God just wiped them all out. And just, it was just glorious. Everybody, Marlon was just thanking me repeatedly. You know, thank you. Thank you for, for nudging me to come. Thank you. I've never been on a trip like this. This has been so amazing. Christine, the other lady, just so blessed. My wife, um, she's still, you know, on that high from <laughs> the trip, spiritual high, um, pastor Brad, same way. And it, just everybody was so blessed and it was just, it, it was amazing, amazing what God did and how he worked everything out. So that is the report from the latest Guatemala trip. Brother, that's exciting. If you're just joining us, we're Amen. live with Hank Groover. Brother Hank, um, how can a person contact you in the ministry, and how can they support your work? Yeah, I think the easiest way is the Facebook page, and it's the funnest. Um, the Henry Gruber Facebook page, we're able to update, um, and a lot of these testimonies that you've heard, are you can see the pictures and see the see the things that God's doing. Um, Do you have a our, uh, ministry website as well, where people can go and uh, support the ministry? Yes. Yep, uh, Henry Groover, G-R-U, V is in Victor, E-R, uh, .com. And, yeah, there's PayPal on there or mailing address, things like that. Um, so, yes. Okay. Is... reason I asked is I'm having some trouble getting to the website. Uh, it may just oh. be here in Indonesia. Someone out there, if you could check for me, see if you can get over to henrygroover.com. Um, it may be just an Internet issue here at my end. No, it's actually timing out for me. Um, tell you what it's doing. It's uh, it's forwarding to henrygroover.org, and then it's timing out. Just heads oh, up. okay. Um, check that out. Uh, but, again, it could be a problem over in this part of the world. Okay. Do you have – It just um, opened up on my phone. Oh, do so you get it? Good. Okay, good. Yes. Do you have PayPal available if people want to give to the ministry? Yes. Um, and that is on the website – Joyful okay. Sound Ministries. Um, I don't know how to give through PayPal, but it's on so, there. Okay, that's cool. So uh, PayPal is an email address, and then uh, that's all they need. If they get the email, then uh, if they don't have the button, they can give. The other thing I want to ask you about is, yeah. uh, would you look into potentially opening up a Zelly account? There's a lot of people mm. that want to give via Zelly. And just basically, if you have any American okay. checking account, when you're online in your banking section, or you can go into a branch, you just register for Zelly. Just like PayPal, you uh, add an email to it or a phone number, and then you give that out, and people can um, um, can give, and it goes immediately into your account. So oh, wow. asking on behalf of people out there who ask me all the time, do, do, do you have Zelly? Um, so Zelly is a good way also to give. That and PayPal are your best ways. Um, but your main website, again, henrygroover.com, can they get there any other way? Joyful Sound Ministries? 
did you say? Um, I don't know if that will take them there. Oh, okay. I think just henrygerber.com or ORG. Okay. Um, yeah, and our, our bank account does use Zelly, so I'll have so, to uh, get so that what tied you do into is, it. Yeah, just get back with me and find out uh, or let us know once you sign up for it. You can register and be up and running yeah, pretty quick. Okay, that's cool. Um, also, if uh, they'd like to reach your office, do you all have an office number? Anything else you'd like to give up? Um, you know, we're not able to take many phone calls yet with the business. Um, so it's the easiest way is messaging us through the, the Facebook page. Okay. Um, right now, it's it's a little bit different with that. Well, no worries. So, I just wanted to uh, um, make sure we got updated contact info for you. So best way is go to Facebook and just type in Henry Groover. There yes, you go. You'll see a picture of my dad and myself, and um, yeah, you can like that page and get the updates and and message us. I, I try and check all the comments, and um, so if there is somebody that's commenting asking a question, I'll I'll message them or or whatnot. Um, and, and that's that's honestly it's it's a great way to instantly update everybody, like on the trips. Um, being able to do that is is awesome. Excellent. Okay. I wonder, y'all may be stuck behind the Indonesian firewall. I'm having trouble. Uh, people don't understand censorship till you get outside America. And you realize mm. there's billions of people that are locked out from certain websites. Take China, for example. Wow. Um, they don't yeah. have Facebook. Uh, they don't have um, any of the... Uh, apps that we have and unless That's they right. go through a proxy but then of course they can pull the proxy plug anytime so they have their own versions internally Russia's got the same thing it's got an intranet now over wow. here and of course in China they call it the great Chinese firewall they got the great Indonesian firewall uh, for the longest time I haven't been able to get to some of my friends websites because it's on the blocked list which is crazy mm. just because maybe it has wow. a word in the URL so, uh, wow. very strange sometimes navigating. But I'll have to get into my proxy, then I go go through to any place so far. Um, thank you. Yeah, we do have an email. Oh, um, yes. Give that up. Perfect. It's, it's, it's simply jsm at minister.com. And um, the funny thing about that is, like, when I try and t- share it on the Facebook page, they block it and say it's against their community standards. <laughs> what the heck? Exactly. <laughs> I cannot, I have no, minister.com. And I've tried getting around it. There is no way around it. So I, I started up another email. Um, but yeah, JSM, real simple, short for Joyful Sound Ministries, but JSM at minister.com. Check out um, Proton Mail. Proton Mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, is out of Switzerland. They also give you an app for your phone, so you can check it anywhere in the world, your email, that is. Yeah. And uh, they're probably the last bastion of any type of privacy because Yahoo's been hacked three times that I know of. Uh, yes. Google scans everything, and then, uh, of course, nothing is completely safe, but um, I heard um, Edward Snowden mentioned Proton many years ago, and I jumped mm. on it, and uh, it's, a good, it's a good platform. It's 
what I use That's my generous. primary my email. ProtonMail.com. It's free. Um, Hank, we want to thank you for coming on tonight. Would you like to close us in prayer? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we, we glorify your name. You're worthy of everything. And we thank you for this time together that we can just share about what you're doing and your goodness. Lord, we thank you that you're just always good. And and Lord, we just pray for anybody out there right now that is is struggling and and, and just going through difficult times and maybe not questioning their faith, but they're just feel distant from you. So Lord, we just ask that you will wrap them in your arms and you'll your spirit will just flood over them right now and you'll show them your love and your goodness that you are good through it all. And whatever evil the enemy brings, you want to turn it around for good. So Lord, we just pray that right now over any listeners, anybody who hears this in the future that might be struggling and and the enemy's just attacking them. So we say, get behind us, Satan. We are the head. We are not the tail. We thank you and we glorify the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And in his name we pray. Amen. I say amen to that. My friend, thank you for coming on tonight. Amen. God richly bless you. And looking forward to having you on again soon. Amen. And maybe I'll be in your house on the air with you. That'll be awesome. <laughs> I'm going to be praying about it. You're welcome anytime. <laughs> Sounds good, brother. God bless you. Thank you, my friend. Yep. Bye bye. <laughs> Folks, stay tuned. That was Hank Groover. And uh, let's see. Blog Talk Ready. Okay. That is going to be it for today. We're just doing those two programs. We are going to be back, however, again tomorrow. Every, and every day we're doing these broadcasts. Uh, right now you can hear some drilling going on back in my background, so it's probably good we're stopping the broadcast for today. Also, I've got to do some drilling in here in my wall. I've got a, a technician over here. Yesterday we had a, a guy out and his helper, and they uh, installed a new ground uh, into, the, uh, into the electrical grid, a proper copper pipe drilled it in there and so we got the electrical grid, grid secure so I don't have a fire over here and now I got to do a little bit more work so we're going to uh, stop right there want to thank you all for tuning in God bless you and if you'd like to support this work here's how you can do it God bless you